Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Small Time Songwriter. My name is Angel Corsi, and I am, of course, your small time songwriter. I'm um, doing another solo episode today, but I do got some more interviews lined up. Um, but before I get started with today's topic, I wanted to quickly shout out my friend Tina Vaughn, who came up with that super funky, cool, um, soulful uh, intro, that theme song. So if you don't know, I've been kind of reaching out to my friends and saying, hey, if you want to just to have fun as a songwriting experiment, it's a good way for us to support each other, but also a fun way for me to keep my podcast moving, because uh, you may know this by now, but I kind of use this podcast to uh, center myself, I guess. Um, I'm a pretty manic person by nature. I tend to have these big bursts of energy, and then I just crash and burn. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to solve that, and one of the ways I solve that is um, consistency in, in different things. So currently I'm trying to consistently, uh, record and mix, uh, my upcoming EP where the leaves turn gold, which of course is a reference to moving to Colorado and all that, but also just living the new lifestyle and living the new life, uh, with my wife and, and all that stuff. So it's about finding gratitude in being able to be in a new environment. So, uh, but I'm trying to keep a consistent recording and mixing schedule for that. I'm trying to keep a consistent uh, recording and posting schedule for my podcast, which I've been pretty good about. And um, anything that helps motivate me and just move me forward just a little bit, whether it's like a little nudge, is good. And one of those ways is getting these uh, theme songs in. So thank you, Tina. I really appreciate it. It was fun to talk to you about the song a little bit and then it was very fun to hear uh what you came up with um i'll play uh, more of it at the end of this episode but um today's episode is going to be about pet peeves i've been in a very fussy mood i guess i've been <laughs> i've been in a fussy mood lately uh sometimes when i get into these moods it's very easy for me to spot the things that bug me um, I'm usually a complainer in, in life. I'm kind of like a, a very cynical person in life. So, uh, you know, I try to counteract it with as much positivity and, and, and good, good things as possible. And I'm a, I'm a very emotional person. I'm very passionate. So, um, that kind of swings both ways. You know, I could be very passionate in like being like uh, loving and, and happy and kind, but I also can be very passionate about things that bug me. So, um, I was talking to one of my buddies and one of my buddies started talking to me about their pet peeves with the music industry and, uh, things related to the music industry, even in our micro scale, which is what we always talk about. Um, which is <laughs> going to be one of my pet peeves actually. But, uh, you know, it kind of just got me rolling into that mindset. And you don't ever want to spend too much time in the negativity mindset. But I think it's okay to vent. And that's kind of what's going on today. I just, I want to vent out some things and see if uh, they resonate with you. Because these are things that just, they're, they're not like, they're not big enough problems to stop me from doing anything. Or from pursuing my my goals, my creative goals. And they're not a big enough problem for me to like bring it up and make a big fuss about it. But they are pet peeves. They are things that bug me enough to just give you that little, you know, that little. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the technical term, but I think it's yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, and yeah, so it's just kind of fun to complain sometimes and talk shit. It's just kind of part of the culture, I think. Or at least it's been part of the culture that I grew up in. So um 
I just thought it'd be kind of relieving and fun and it'll help me shake off the fussy that's in me. So here are some pet peeves I have uh, related to being a small time songwriter, being a uh, indie musician and being in this micro industry and all that good stuff. Um, if you have any, please, please message me your pet peeves and, uh, you know, feel free to post them on social media. I'm, I'm on Instagram. Of course, you can get me at Corsi songs, um, or you can go to the website, angelcorsi.com. Uh, you know, it's been kind of a ghost town there, to be honest with you, the website. Um, maybe we should start with this. I have, uh, recently decided that I'm going to postpone my, my entry or my, uh, attempted, I should say, attempted entry into the Longmont music scene. So I've moved out here to Longmont, Colorado. It's a very cool town. It's a very nice little town. It's not too big, not too small. seems like there's plenty of stuff to do. Um, I don't know how strong the music scene is for my particular genre, but I know it's stronger than the last town I was in. So I know I have some avenues. Um, I also got some friendly relationships with some people. So I think that's going to work out as well too. The reality is, um, there's just a lot I want to do. And a lot of those things that I want to do are just, um, they're not related to music. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. I have a, a lot of uh, personal goals I have, and they just aren't really related to music. And I'm starting to see a conflict between um, trying to do those goals and those those wishes that I have, um, and uh, pursuing the the entry into the music scene. So, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, from what I what I can gather over the years of my experience is that. When you want to participate into a circuit, when you want to participate in a music scene, you're going to have to really put in the hours and put in the time to get to know the community, to be part of the community, and to be of service to the community. Um, I had just finished having a conversation for one of the interviews I'm going to have uh, next week, and um, it was interesting because what she said to me was something that I, I definitely agree with which is when you're going out to network with people, which is kind of the the uh, prerequisite when it comes to uh, – prerequisite, sorry, prerequisite when it comes to um, trying to enter a circuit or a music scene. Um, you can't just go in there and try to take everything. You're not there to pillage. You know what I mean? You can't just go in and say, like, I want this or I want that. You have to go in being of service. So – I kind of been thinking about this since our conversation and I've been thinking like, well, right now I think I'm coming in at a wrong time. I'm coming in with a little too much pillaging in mind. I want to just come in and be like, Hey, I'm here. What's up? Uh, introduce me to some places and I'll do some things, you know? And I think I need to spend just a little, I need to pump the brakes a little bit and just focus on what could I be of service, uh, to the, to the circuit, to the, to the music scene down here. And maybe I can find actual uh, bonds and connections through that. You know, I uh, owned a guitar repair shop for a while. So I was thinking, like, maybe I can be of service that way. But then I don't want to step on the toes of the repair people that are here. They're pretty nice. And, you know, I, I put my stuff in their shop any day. Um, so I don't know. But I just know that I need to look at um, what I can be of use and then 
try to connect to the community in that way because that's the best way to do it. When it comes to networking, when it comes to creating bonds and connections, you don't want to just take, take, and take because we all know those people. In fact, those people are on my pet peeve list. But <laughs> but um, before we get to that, you know, I just wanted to give you an update on what my plans are. Um, so my current plans are to just continue on moving forward with the record. Um, I want to release it in the winter. So I want to have it released uh, probably late December, or early January. And um, the reason why I want to do that is because I want to give it, you know, some space to, um, it sounds ridiculous to say, but to create some buzz or to create some momentum. Now, the momentum is all self-inflicted. It's me creating my own momentum. But the fact that I would have a record, I would have something to share would help me with that momentum. So it's not like I'm going to be able to be approached by all these press people, but maybe I can find some press people. Maybe I can find some interesting people to talk to on the podcast. And these things will create um, community and connection. You know, I would love to have a conversation with a Longmont musician on the podcast just to see what the Longmont music scene is like. And I think that's a good entryway to having um, a service, right? To be of service. You know, I could give my very small listeners that you guys are listening um, and introduce you to a, a cool musician from this town, from this scene, and you can get a feel of what this scene is like. And uh, the musician can hopefully connect with you guys and you guys can connect with them. And there's something useful to them in having the conversation. And then if we get along and they like me okay, um then maybe I can build a connection there, build a bond there, and then maybe they can introduce me to their to their group, you know. It's weird because I'm not a I'm not I, I, I struggle because I always think to myself, I must be an introvert because I just never want to do social things that much. But I actually really do enjoy doing social things when I do them. So even though I feel like I'm an introvert I always feel fine when I'm in the event. Like, I've never gotten um, stage fright in my whole life. I grew up a performer, basically. <laughs> I've always been a performer. Um, I was shy as a kid for a little while for, for different reasons, but for the most part, I've always been, like, the guy who makes all the jokes and tries to get the most attention. It's just my inner child is very needy that way. <laughs> but... um it, it is one of those things where, you know, if you're a person who doesn't get shy and doesn't get nervous and doesn't mind crowds, it, it's not introvertedness that's happening here because I don't have any – it's not like the crowd doesn't give me energy. It does give me energy. That's one of the main reasons why I love playing live. Um, so then I was like, well, I'm not an extrovert because I really – I really hit a limit very quickly, and then I just don't want to be anywhere anymore. So then I realized, oh, it's not an introvert-extrovert thing. I'm antisocial. <laughs> I'm an antisocial person. I, um, You're going to have to drag me to the places, and then I will enjoy myself when I get there. And, but for the most part, you're going to have to bribe me with as many things as you possibly can. I'll give you an example. Um, my wife is a very social person. She likes to go visit people and hang out with them and all that stuff. And um, I make it sound like it's so weird. Yeah, she likes to be with people and friends. Ill, you know. <laughs> but um, but she does like to do that. And then 
Um, I'm just not like that. So I have to always be sort of bribed with um, snacks, basically. <laughs> I'm basically I, you know, I'm a dog lover and probably for good reason because apparently I'm just a dog. I'm just a giant dog because – um, a lot of times when we have to go do this, we have to go do social events. You'll be like, there's going to be wings there. <laughs> and I, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. I'll put on some clothes. <laughs> it's really kind of ridiculous, but it's just how my personality is. I'm very, um, naturally I'm very like keep to myself. I don't have a lot of patience with a lot of things. Like I told you earlier, I'm kind of like a very cynical negative person by default. And then I, it takes work for me to be more positive and uppity and happy and, uh, you know, tag, uh, tail wagon. But I think it's okay that it takes work because, um, it's kind of like when we're writing songs, like our songs are just our songs. And then these start to get better over time because we keep doing it. We keep working on them. Eventually, you write a song that's not personal, and then that song sucks, and then you have to keep working on not personal songs until they're good, and then you get something good out of those, and you start realizing, like, oh, all of this is just putting in the hours and putting in the time. Um, you know, you can write 10,000 songs, and only four of them are going to be good, and only one of them is going to go on the record. That's kind of the, the way it works. So all we can do is just keep writing and keep making music and keep thinking about music, keep thinking about writing songs, keep thinking about what gives us momentum. So back to momentum, I was um, trying to figure out, you know, how do I get into the music scene? And then I realized like, well, there's a built-in music scene. I would just be stepping into someone else's space. And I don't like that. In fact, that's kind of something that bugs me which kind of rounded my way was like a walkabout way of getting to the pet peeves. And I just, um, I just have other goals that are related to the big picture. The big picture is I need to learn to be more kind and I need to learn to be more soft with myself and with how I look at the, the world. I need to have like a little less cynicism. Um, I need to, turn down the dial on the hypervigilance and I need to learn to uh, I need to learn to just be more you know outgoing with people that are sweet so in my mind I started thinking like this is sounds like it's all family related like I need to engage in family more because uh, you know we all have a core group and the tightest group usually circles out from your core group, your family, your wife, your your sister, your friends. I mean, your whatever your chosen family is. So for me, um, I want to spend more time with my wife's parents. I like them. They're very sweet people. I think they have a lot to teach me as far as uh, being disciplined and quiet and respectful and all those good things that I just – I'm like a street dog, so I just want to growl at things. <laughs> so I think um, – they, they give me a lot of that, um, a lot of those examples. They're not actively teaching me. I'm not like a rabid dog at the dinner table, but I think I am paying attention. And it's sort of with COVID and being that her parents are a little bit older, it's, it's sort of gotten me to a spot where I was kind of thinking like, well, I don't know. How do I go do shows, hang out with all these people that I don't know? probably end up getting COVID and then bringing that to the dinner table to, to learn all the kindness people lessons that I need to get from 
her family. So because of that, I realized I need to slow this bus down just a little bit. Now, the original plan was go jump into the scene, go network, go find people, go find stages, and then release a record and um, go from there. But now I'm thinking maybe I'm not maybe I'm not ready, I'm not ready for that kind of thing. Maybe I need to to spend a little more time um, gearing up to how I connect with people because maybe I'm a little prickly right now. You know, I need to hang out with people that are gonna. You know, take off the prickles. <laughs> I don't know if prickles are the right word, but prickles is a word in my mind uh, today. Um, one of those ways to get rid of your prickly nature is to just get out the things that bug you, just to be honest with them, and just get them out. And recognize that you're not a perfect person, and you can't, like, judge everything. And your judgments aren't always correct. And also, it's okay to judge everything. I know that's like unpopular, you know, there's this whole movement of like, no judgment, no judgment. But my whole thing is like, we got to judge things. That's how we not kill ourselves when we walk out into the world, you know, like you make a judgment call on whether you should eat that lizard or not. <laughs> like that's, it's part of nature. I, I don't want to resist that. I just want to make sure that I'm not turning up that dial so high that I can't see the world for its beautiful things that it has to offer and beautiful people and wonderful people and um that's pretty hard with me because we we talk about mental health on this podcast and i'm not a person that starts off on a good spot but it's a uh, it's worth me sort of looking through so my way of getting through that is to just have a little fun and talk about some pet peeves i have as a small-time songwriter because even though i'm not in the scene i will eventually be in the scene and when i'm in the scene I'm sure I'm going to run into these little moments, these little moments that make me go, what was it? What was the sound? <laughs> it's, it's just something that I think would be pretty fun to do. So here are some things that drive me absolutely nuts um, internally, but externally I will swallow the bitter pill and try to continue on and do my job as an artist. <laughs> so one of the things that drives me nuts, um, these aren't in any particular order of severity, but one of the things that drives me nuts is when other artists are perpetually um, late to gigs. And I don't mind people that are late. It's just like, whatever, you know, whatever. If you're just a person that just can't get it together for whatever reason, could be could be something, you know, that is an actual, uh, I don't know what the word is, just like part of your personality. It could be like ADD or something. I don't care what your reason is for being late. Um, what I don't like is when you're late, but then you expect to have the same amount of time as the rest of us who were on time. So um, a lot of times I'll run into artists that are like, I know they're going to be late. If they're on the lineup, I know they're going to be late. And then they're late, and then they start kind of cutting into my time. So um, when I talk about that stuff, I talk about um, what I'm talking about is like they show up late, and then they want to set up their merch table, and they want to set up their their equipment during the time that I've already set up my merch table and I'm setting up my equipment actively. So we end up with this thing where like we're crossing hairs and crossing wires and we're sharing the stage because one person decided to be late and then I have to have the, you know, there's just, okay. So there's <laughs> I'm sounding like such a jerk. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, there's this moment where someone is late and they have a little panic. Everybody has it. We've all been late before. We all have the little panic when we're at the gig. 
And, um, while you're having this panic, you sort of pull, you can, you can decide how to do this. Like you have this panic, you have this moment of like, oh my God, I got to get all this crap together. I got to get ready. I got to perform in like two minutes. Everything's got to come together right now. This sucks that I'm late, whatever. Well, during that time, it's not fair for you to put that kind of energy on the next person that's there. So like, even though that person is they're on time, they're set up correctly. Now you're putting all this like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, on this other person that's thinking like, okay, can I have to perform? This cable goes here and then, you know, and then you put all this thing and then now that person's going like, what? What's happening? Oh, oh, you're stepping over. Oh yeah, yeah, you can move that. Oh sure. Yeah, no, no problem. Let me just move that. And then before you know, you both are just like, ah, you know, you're buzzing. And, um, I don't like that because it happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like being disturbed when I'm trying to get set up. I'm trying to get into a mindset. My songs are about mobsters and PTSD and trauma and um, deep love songs about people that changed my life. Like I want to be in that headspace and I don't want to be in the headspace of like, do I need to move my uh do I need to move my pedal board? Should I move my mic stand? Oh, you're gonna go up right now? Okay. Oh, you didn't sound check? Okay, so what happens to my sound check while we're doing your sound check? I just don't want to do that. So that's one of my pet peeves, people, artists that show up late all the time and then try to um, put that weird energy of, of, of whatever they're feeling onto the, onto the next artist and then making all of that chaotic. That's one of my pet peeves. Um, this is, so I'm going to get in so much trouble for that, I know. Uh, <laughs> the other one is I, I really – here's another one. I don't like awful communication with the venue. Um, I'm sure you guys have been through this by now, but we've all had that moment where like, you don't know who to talk to when you walk into the place, you know, you've been trading off these emails and you've been trading off these, uh, text messages and phone messages and you get there and they're not meeting you at the loading set, the, the loading, um, the loading entrance and they're not meeting you on stage and you're not really sure where the stage is because it's your first time at the place. Um, so you're looking around and you're hoping like, I hope they have like a regular stage set up and you're sort of scanning the, the venue. No one's helping you. The staff is doing their job. Um, and then you eventually have to go to that thing where you walk up to the bar and you're like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to play here. <laughs> so I don't know. I just hate it when, when, uh, venues have like terrible communication and I hate it because you have to put it on the staff eventually. And I hate putting it on the staff because they're just there to serve drinks or serve food or do their job. And then they have to have these conversations, these side conversations. Like, I think Jeff usually sets people up over there. And, you know, and then you're like, is there a power? Is there power over there? Is there an outlet? And they're like, I don't know. We have one power strip. Do you want it? And then they have to dig it out from under the bar. It's just, it's a nightmare. So one of my other pet peeves is awful communication from, um, from the industry. Um, I mean, from the, from the venue, sorry. Uh, another pet peeve that I was having a conversation with my good buddy, um, about just telling me all about this is it's kind of an industry pet peeve to be honest it's not really related to any anything specific it's not related to an artist or um to uh to a venue or anything but man i was having this uh conversation on instagram with her and she was 
started venting and telling me about, and um, I don't want to name any names, so I'm just going to kind of keep her vague, but she was telling me about all these weirdo fans that harass her. And um, it just sounds like the worst. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy. Uh, I don't have this problem. It never, I never get really harassed by anybody. Um, some people will talk shit about me or whatever, but it, it, it's just like, it's a different energy. It's like, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a stupid ape lizard brain energy when it comes to like guys having a beef, you know, it's always like, Oh, I'll kick that guy's ass or whatever. It's just stuff like that. But, but, um, but she was telling me like how creepy these people are, how they just kind of, they use their, um, they use their, what, what they perceive as leverage to overstep boundaries with them. And what I'm saying is, like, they're these creeps that, like, comment way too personal comments to my friends. And uh, they message them. They literally will message them about, like, seeking a sugar baby, which is just the grossest thing. <laughs> but essentially, it's like, do you want a sugar daddy? You want me to pay for your artist career and all you have to do is sleep with me or go out with me or something? It's It sounds like a nightmare. It really does. I know I'm making light of it in, in some ways. I'm cracking little jokes here or there, but... It's more of a nervous laughter because I don't really know how to talk about it. I don't feel qualified to talk about it. Maybe I should do a, an interview with somebody sometime if they're feeling like they want to tell that story. But what I notice from an outside viewer is I'll notice these comments where someone will release a record or they'll release something important to them. I want a Grammy or I'm nominated for whatever. And in the comments, you know, you could say, that's awesome. You guys did great. Or, oh, I'm so happy for you. Or, it's a great song. It deserves it. And then you get this one comment that just says, you are stunning. <laughs> and it's like, what? How? Are, what, what does it have to do with anything? It, it's just really bizarre. And I don't know why people think that they can do that. It's very strange. But it drives me nuts. It makes me want to, like, you know punch every one of them in the liver <laughs> it sounds it, it's really my attitude because I'm, I'm a very i'm i'm not protective or anything i'm not like that kind of person but i mean i guess i am a little protective but i just don't i don't want my friends to go through that kind of stuff because all it does it, it's sort of like it it makes them second guess the life that they're living and i think a lot of times they're way more talented than i could ever be and um, they shouldn't be second guessing because of some weirdo that decides to focus on their looks or to focus or just take their shot into the out there and just say like you're hot, you know. I know you're a musician. I know you're p putting your music out there. I know you want a Grammy today, but you're hot, you know. It's like so strange. Um, and then you have these other kind kind of kind of weirdos where they they constantly. They don't have what that artist has, but then they constantly, uh, like passively, um, critique them, right? So they're always like, um, saying like, oh, yeah, you're awesome, but you know, you didn't really hit that chord right. You know, maybe it's actually more of a D minor. So maybe try the D minor next time. <laughs> it's like, what? What are we doing? What, why are you trying to critique someone playing how they want to express themselves? It's so strange. And then they have these things where they'll say, like, you should cover this song because it would be 
the right song for you and uh it's much more in your range or whatever you know it's like very passive aggressive you know i understand i i talk to my friends and sometimes they'll tell me like you should cover this uh jimmy barnes song or whatever and i'll uh tell them like oh yeah yeah you would actually sound good on this song or whatever but to to go at them from a from a fan's point of view to not know them personally in any way or have any real connection with them even if it's just like instagram connection not to have a real dialogue with them and just be like you need to play this because you don't sound good doing other things <laughs> so weird or they're always trying to fix the guitar technique Ugh, it's so gross um yeah, and, and and the thing that I hate the most is that when my friends, and she was telling me about this, this is her example, but she's like finally standing up for herself and she's saying like, hey, you know, that doesn't really make me that comfortable. And uh, for you to talk to me about that, I would I wanted to talk about my music here and we're kind of focusing on the wrong things. Their reaction is to like 180 on them um, and just be like, oh, well, you're stuck up or, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be putting your looks everywhere if you don't want people to comment on your looks. It's so, so weird. And um, I just feel really bad about it, you know. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with it. It just it drives me nuts. I just want to I just want to punch him. And uh, I guess it's on the forefront of my mind because I just had the conversation. So I was just thinking about it. But I hear it over and over and over and over again to the point where um, female artists that I know are second-guessing their social media numbers because they look at them and they go like, you know, I can't really trust who are my fans and who are not my fans because it's very weird because when I go to the show, everyone likes me just fine. On Instagram, I have 78% male followers or something. It's, it's, just, it's just something that does not happen to me. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. I'll never possess the ability to understand it, but it drives me mental and I wish I could um, do something helpful about it and I don't really know what. Um, anyway, so that's kind of a, that's a pet peeve of mine. I don't like those creepers being weird with my, uh, with my friends. Don't like that. Um, the other thing uh, is uh, another, another pet peeve that I think is really interesting is kind of related to uh, the subculture of being in the culture of songwriters. So it's not really for the fans, for the venue, the industry at, as a whole. It's just this weird um, competitiveness thing that we do with each other where um, from songwriter, from like small timer to small timer, we can't seem to to see eye to eye about stuff because we, we want to protect what we have. Right. So we start protecting our gigs and we start protecting our, 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 the ways we do stuff. You know, you can't just openly go to somebody and be like, Hey, how did you, uh, how'd you pick up that gig? You know, we can't have those conversations. People get all cagey about it. It's very weird. And, um, one of the prime examples of that is just not being allowed to be normal to like, this expectation that we can't have regular jobs and we can't be tired of doing what we're doing and we can't like burn out from it. You know, everything is fine with us all the time. Always. It's always fine. We're always doing great. And, um, we can't speak to each other on, on a real level as artists. We can't really tell each other how we bought that $3,000 guitar. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to be, uh, uh, an artist who's, you know, 35, been doing it for 17 years. And then someone goes like, well, how'd you buy the guitar? And then you, or someone goes like one of your, one of your, um, what am I saying? One of your, uh, 
acquaintances, no, uh, colleagues, one of your colleagues, right? One of your fellow songwriter friends is like, dude, that's a great guitar. I, we all know how expensive the guitars are. All we do is look at guitars. <laughs> and, and then you have to say something like, instead of just going, yeah, it, it is a great guitar. I'm really happy I got it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm charging on my credit card. My credit's going to be a little wonky for a little while. And my friend helped me buy it or my wife or my brother or my dad or whatever. Um, instead of that, we have to come up with some cagey answer. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It does me well. <laughs> <laughs> and we do the one where it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great guitar. Got it used. Got it on a good deal. It's like, okay, it doesn't, you know, no one's outright asking you how expensive it is. But why do we got to be so weird about the things that we get? We're we're getting nice things because we want to have good tools. We want to have good stuff. And we shouldn't feel guilty of how we get stuff. In fact, the the mere fact that one, that we're willing to to max out our credit cards or go for the loan or ask for help to accomplish this art stuff of ours i think that 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 is more than enough that's more than enough of an example of we want this so much that we're willing to put our pride away for x y and z and i i just wish we could we could talk um more about that because i just don't understand why in our culture in our own songwriting culture we lie to each other about stuff like why are we so scared to tell each other that we got help it just feels kind of crazy you know i i live a very artist life now um and there's a lot of reasons for it and i don't need to go into all the money stuff of it but i'm financially stable and my wife makes it very easy for me to just goof around because she's got a good job and i can goof around right now can I goof around forever? Probably not. And if I if I have to tighten up, I'll tighten up. It's just it's just how it is. And that's okay. I think everybody should just have that. Um another pet peeve of mine, moving on, uh to my final one is that um I don't think us as small-time songwriters as artists, we have to live in this binary world of either you are a real artist and you're suffering or you're doing great. Therefore you're no longer an artist. I think it's just, that's my biggest pet peeve of all of them because look, we've all been through struggles. I've had some struggles of my own. I've been through my, my obstacles and I'll continue to go through them. Um, mine aren't worth any more or any less than someone else that has, that has opportunities. Okay. And I am very, I get very irritated when I hear people judging other people's like artist life based upon the opportunities that they got. Um, now don't get me wrong. I, I have, I have that classes thing too, where I'm just like, Oh, look at this guy is, you know, he's kind of a fancy boy and you know, he's getting all he wants or he's doing this or he's using this to accomplish this other thing. You know, he's using this privilege to accomplish this other thing. Yeah. I, you know, I get it. It's okay to, to, to have feelings about it. It's not okay to judge someone's art on it. It always has to be, um, it always has to come down to the songs. It always has to come down to their talent and their work ethic. And I think that even though it's very easy to write off people because they grew up rich or they grew up with privilege or whatever, it's also easier to pretend like that's your problem like that's the reason why you can't get the gigs or that's the reason why you're not as good as they are for whatever reason or you don't have as many fans when the reality is it doesn't matter how they grew up, where they grew up or what they're growing up with. 
what matters is, are they good? Are they better than you? Because that happens. I have so many artist friends that are just better than me objectively. <laughs> I just know it. And that's okay because it makes me want to be better. And it also makes me um, want to catch up with them a little bit. And the moment that I get that praise from them, that sort of like, oh, okay, this guy can hang, then I feel good, you know? And I don't want it to be taken away from me just because I had a weird upbringing versus their upbringing or whatever, you know? Um you know, there there's aspects of it that are a little creepy or a little slimy, I guess, when people pretend like they don't have it as good as they do or when people, um, you know, use cultural things to to elevate themselves um, that's that's not genuine and authentic. You know, I think that that can be a little weird for me. And I, I think we all think that that's weird and we can all kind of see when it's happening also. So. But if it's coming from an authentic place, there, there's no complaints. You know what I mean? Um, I just wish we could have more honest dialogue about that kind of stuff. I don't know. Anyway, this was a very short um, ramble of mine, but that's my update. Those are my pet peeves. And if I could leave you with something that has been on my mind is be in service as an artist. Like, be in service. Not just to your community of fans and goals and... Uh, and, uh, you know, art shows and art walks and all that. But be in service of your fellow small-time songwriters. Help us out. You know, let's work together. You know, uh, Tara, my friend Tara Craig, who I just interviewed last week, she offered to um, listen to my songs anytime to help me out with them. Like, let's do more of that. That sounds awesome, you know? Um, yeah, gigs are great. They make the money, and they help you get in get your foot in the door, and that's all important. But... Let's do some other stuff. Let's just like check in on each other and make sure we're doing good. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's why I wanted to do the uh, small time songwriter theme song thing. Cause I just thought like, you know what? We can help each other cross promote here. If anybody's interested in working with me, that would be kind of fun. And I can hear some interesting songs, <laughs> you know, by people that I like. So um, that's it for this episode, and I'll see you next week. Next week, I got a good interview um, talking about uh, conferences and more mental health and um, therapy and uh, what else? Uh, songwriting. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode of a lot of topics, and um, it's going to be great. So I'm going to leave you with Tina Vaughn, who you can reach at tinavonmusic.com, or you can find her on uh, Instagram at tinavonmusic, I believe. Let me just double-check. Is it Tina Vaughn Music? Is that her handle? Let me see. Yeah, Tina Von Music. Uh, that's T-I-N-A-V-A-N Music at um, on Instagram and also TinaVonMusic.com. All right, see you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>